Uh, he's turned back up for us. He is honestly the hardest working man that's not on our payroll. It's Jacob Spoonley, and we are very grateful for his time again. Hey, Jacob, how are you? G'day, mate. So is that a suggestion for 2024 that I get on the payroll, Louis? Is that what you're implying? <laughs> well, look, hey, I don't write checks. All I'm saying is if I were you, I'd be asking questions by now. Um, so that, that's <laughs> – and I – I just think that's fair enough. Yeah, you're just too nice. You're very good with your time, and our audience absolutely loves learning about football from you. So, um, and I guess today's the perfect time to talk because last time we spoke, we had Sydney FC coming up for the Phoenix, and then obviously they've gone on to play Adelaide. Um, the Sydney game didn't quite pan out, but that's fine. Then last night they they fought pretty hard against Adelaide, and what which was seemingly quite an entertaining game, mate. Oh, it was a terrific game, Louis. Absolutely. And look, if you <clears throat> didn't get up last night to watch it, put it on today. It's too hot to go um, out in the afternoon. So um, put it on around about 2 o'clock, have a couple of beers, and and okay. watch what is a very entertaining game. Four goals split evenly between the teams and the halves. One overturn goal for um, the Wellington Phoenix. The looks hit three times. There's a red card which denies the Phoenix the chance to get a winner because they're two-on-one. And the really interesting thing, Louis, is that half of the highlights come after all the goals are scored. It's a thrilling watch. Oh, wow. So we're talking expansive football. Um, we're talking cards? Absolutely. Some, at some point in the first half, Adelaide had three players on a yellow card. They'd fouled the Phoenix <laughs> ten times, and that's an impressive ratio when you consider the Phoenix had only been called up by the referee twice in that period. <laughs> no, that's that is that shows where the intensity is at. Um, so, look, I guess, what do the Phoenix take from this? I mean, will they be frustrated they couldn't snare three points in the end, or is that just one of those games where it's like you actually probably just take the the draw and you take the point and you say, well, you know what, anything could have really happened there. It's a it's a really interesting point that you raised, Luke, because if we kind of zoom out from this game at Cooper Stadium, a place where the Phoenix have traditionally struggled to go and get points. Between the 18th of December and the 2nd of February, during the height of the Australian summer, the Phoenix will play eight games. Now, six of those will be away from home, including this three-game period. They'll play Sydney, Adelaide and Perth. And Adelaide and Perth are two of the biggest trips in international club football. So it's a very challenging ask for the Phoenix. And then if you look at the two games that aren't away games, they are top of the table clashes, or at least we're expecting them to be. One of those games is the Western Sydney game where the Phoenix won 2-0. And in two weeks' time, on the 19th of January, the Phoenix will play Melbourne Victory, the team currently in second. This is an incredibly challenging period for the Phoenix. And we're halfway through it. And of the 12 points available, the Phoenix have picked up seven, including the draw last night in Adelaide. I think... Giancarlo Italiano will say, yeah, we could have won it, but had you given me two goals and a point and we'll be heading on to Perth um, at the back end of Thursday night, I'll just sign up for that immediately. Yeah, okay. Now, that's a very rational answer. That actually makes perfect sense. Now, I guess the bonus here is that they play Perth and Sydney, is that right? Because of the, is it the Unite round or it's, it's their version of this, this, the, uh, the Magic round concept? Yes, yes, that's it. It's the alternative that was negotiated after the debacle that was the final series. Um, last year, everyone will remember that APL gave the next three grand finals to Sydney um, to be played at Allianz Arena. That went down 
terribly, Led Zeppelin style in Australia. So what they've done is that they're going to host the Unite rounds in Sydney, and that will mean that the Wellington Phoenix won't have to travel all the way to Perth. Um, they will be returning to Sydney this week to prepare for that match against the Glory. Okay, yeah, so that makes sense. Um, and that match against the Glory is one that they will expect three points from, you'd suggest? I think you'd be looking at that and remembering that the Wellington Phoenix can only drop, I think it's two seconds. Um, they could be caught by Western Sydney, who are currently in third um, at the end of this round. Melbourne Victory can overtake them because they're only a point behind the Phoenix now with a game in hand. I think you'd be looking at that and saying, well, we have set the pace for the majority of this first stanza of the season. We're coming up against a team that's struggling in Perth glory. We will be targeting that for three points to continue this momentum that the Phoenix have built up over the course of the season. The other thing, Louis, is that the Australians, albeit begrudgingly, are now starting to acknowledge that this Wellington Phoenix team is the real deal. Yeah, well, they are a belligerent, belligerent type of person, um, so that's fine. Sometimes you just really have to drum it into them, and they have to see it before they believe it. So that, that's okay. That's something that's just on us. We've got to prove it. Can you explain to me and everybody, Jacob, what was this controversy with the the way that the tiebreakers were working or points were being scored? I vaguely <laughs> kept up with the storyline, but honestly, it became too complicated, and I kind of checked out on it, so... What what was this about, and and how did it end up benefiting us, or did it at all? Well, it was actually a really interesting uh, point, and I, I can't speak to the technicality of it because I really didn't pay much attention to it. But what I will say is, <laughs> it enough. came from came from Yellow Fever, and there was a there was a release of the table at the end of the last round. Obviously, the Phoenix had lost to Sydney. Melbourne had won, so they were level on points. Now, there's a number of different ways that you can cut it up. Sometimes you look at goal difference. Sometimes it's the head-to-head record. Sometimes it's, I think, even the away record of teams is taken into account. What APL had done is they'd changed the rules over the course of the off-season. Hadn't told anyone. Clearly <laughs> hadn't told their social media team. And the Phoenix fans, as I understand it, including one Patrick Barnes, pulled out the rule book and said, no, 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 no. We're going into 2024, top of the table, and you can see here under this clause, this, para- um, <clears throat> this paragraph and this subparagraph, that we quite clearly will sit on the top of the table. So there was a, there was a uh, rewinding and a back peddling um, from APL, and the Wellington Phoenix found themselves going into this round on top of the table. Oh my God, it is, it's humiliating, isn't it? Really, for this, they they don't seem like the most flawless organisation or uh, jurisdiction. You know that the the AVL they seem to come up with some doozies. Probably what like they average one every six months, and you go jeepers. Yeah, well, look, I think it's a it's a stage of expansion. Um, we've seen the we've seen APL. Um, take control of the running of the league from Football Australia. And I think with that, there are going to be challenges at times. But um, I think this will be a situation where APL will be looking to ensure that the, this, this issue isn't replicated or repeated at some point over the course of the season. Okay, we'll get you out on this one then, um, Spoons. And thanks so much for your time again, mate. Really appreciate it. We've got uh, another uh, round of Premier League football from Sunday early doors I've got Newcastle City, I've got Tottenham United, I've got Everton Villa, I've got 
Oh, even Sheffield West Ham's not a terrible game. Um, Arsenal Crystal Palace. What's the one that you? Uh, I know you're a Liverpool fan, but we'll put that to a side. What's the game you are really keen to watch, and why this round? Two for me stand out, Louis, and that's the Newcastle City game. Obviously, yes. two teams that are up the top end of the table. City having returned with a very full trophy cabinet. I understand it's the fullest trophy cabinet uh, ever in history. They've won literally everything over the course of the last 12 to 18 months. Um, Newcastle will be coming to that game off the back of a northeast derby. They have to play Sunderland in the FA Cup. We saw how tired they were against Liverpool. And you don't want to be coming up against this well-oiled machine in Manchester City. So I'm really looking at how Newcastle approached that game and what kind of pressure Eddie Howe is going to be under because he's had a lot of patience, but there's only so much um, of a reservoir of patience with fans and ownership that you can really tap into. But the one that I really loved, the one that I'm holding out for, is Ange Postacoglu up against Eric Den Haag. Postacoglu yes. could be looking at reinforcements at the point in time that he takes the field against Manchester United. But I want to see how this, this stubborn, this... Um, this rigid Manchester United team that is verging on conservatism goes up against Ange Postacoglu. And more to the point, how Postacoglu really wants to get at the Red Devils and stoke the fire that is sitting under Den Haag and the Glazers and now uh, Sir Jim Radcliffe about not only Old Trafford, which is falling down, but also this <laughs> Manchester United team that seems to be tracking in a very negative direction. Yeah, nail in the coffin time. Oh, I love it. Uh, you're right, Newcastle sliding. They've lost three in the trot, so fourth that would put Eddie under massive pressure. And that you know, after after salvaging what seemed to be his reputation with that that inspired performance, um, United at Villa, to come out and lose to Nottingham Forest in a pretty dour fashion it is very depressing for a Manchester United fan. I, I can only imagine anyway. So. Yep, that's a massive game. Very very good point, Jacob. Great to chat, man. Appreciate it again. Really do. We're very grateful for your time. Not a problem, Louis. Have a great day, mate. You too. Jacob Spoonley, uh, obviously a former All Whites custodian, um, commentator on Sky Sport with uh, Jason Pine there for all the Phoenix games and most of the football in New Zealand. So look out the window and it's raining. And I bike to work without a jacket and crush you. Summer, hey? What a wonderful time. 17 minutes away from 10. What we might do is we might go away, come back with a package of audio. I've got some Ian Smith for you. Yep, remember him. I've got some Emma Raducanu, and I think I've even got some Coco Golf for you. So we'll do that, and then we'll also speak to Kevin Hicklin before the end of the show. And Keith, I'll get to your text before the end of the show as well, pal. Anyone wants to get in touch on double eight double three, please come on through.